Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 30 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear on this podcast, I ask that you please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Carrie, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. With her Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Kansas in Chemical Engineering with an environmental emphasis, Carrie has dedicated her career to technical excellence and project management, resulting in tremendous success as a professional leader. Carrie is a very active member in the Society of Women Engineers, or SWE, the American Water Works Association, along with many other professional organizations. With more than 18 years of experience in water and wastewater treatment, currently serves as the department manager for Burns and McDonald's Municipal Water Division in Kansas, working on water and wastewater treatment processing projects. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Sure. Well, thank you, uh, Jeff, for having me today. And and again, I'm Carrie Greenfelder, and I am currently, like Jeff just said, a department manager uh, for Burns and McDonald in our water group. And we're actually on uh, the Missouri side, so that's Kansas City, Missouri, um, is where our headquarters um, resides. Uh, just a little more about me. Um, you know, I, I do have a passion for water. I am one of those um, unique um, individuals working in the water field. I actually work on kind of both sides. I do um, some drinking water work as well as uh, wastewater treatment and a little bit in between with water reclamation. And so I'll give another shout out, um, not just to Burns and McDonald, but also Society of Women Engineers um, has really provided um, opportunities for me to meet the others, um, you know, in my fields and, and continue to share that passion for water. So I'm excited to um, answer some of your questions today and uh, move this podcast along. So thanks for having me, Jeff. Yep, you're welcome, Carrie, and welcome aboard. And I'm going to start with a question. I've had chemical engineers on the podcast, and I've had environmental engineers coming from the civil route. And you have a chemical engineering degree with an environmental focus. Could you explain kind of the differences between those different degrees? Sure. And so uh, the way my degree is sort of um, set up here is um, I have the foundational experience as a chemical engineer. So um, chemical engineers, if you think, um, you know, a lot of process um, engineering, um, thermodynamics, fluids, kinetics. And so I had the, the traditional chemical engineering training. And then on top of that, I had additional training related to the environmental field. And so that's really where I started to specialize into to water, um, both on the drinking water and the wastewater side. And so um, a little more emphasis on the chemical and biological principles related to um, environmental engineering. So my degree is kind of a combination of both of those. And so um, I received that degree from the University of Kansas and was um, the first graduating class to actually have that um, kind of focused um, degree. And I'm happy to report that uh, University of Kansas still has that as an option um, for students going um, to KU. So exciting. So Carrie, you've got a chemical engineer degree with the environmental focus. What kind of jobs are available for somebody coming in with that type of degree, chemical with an environmental focus versus coming in with civil with an environmental focus? What kind of jobs could you do with one but not the other? 
Sure, that's a great question, Jeff. And I uh, actually get that question a lot. Um, you know, why would uh, you go down a traditional uh, chemical engineering route instead of a civil engineering route? And um, the specialty is really in understanding more of the chemistry and the uh, biological principles of um, drinking water and wastewater. And so a lot more of uh, a focus for chemical engineers can be on, um, you know, water and wastewater treatment and, and really dive much, much deeper into the chemistry and understanding um, the treatment technologies and how to apply those. Um, that's where a degree of my background in chemical engineering with the environmental focus really helps you succeed um, and really just better understanding, um, you know, the, the treatment of drinking water and wastewater. And one thing I'll, I'll add to that is, you know, we see um, a lot more, um, you know, chemistry in our day-to-day -day lives. Think of all the um, different medications people take. Um, you know, for instance, my, my husband takes a um, allergy medication every single day. Well, that, that ends up in our, you know, drinking water and our wastewater supply. And so um, having a, a detailed process background and a chemical engineering background um, has really helped me dive deeper into, you know, how do you treat that? How do you work with um, some of these, I'll say, new things that are in our water? Carrie, thanks for that great overview. And we're going to get very specific here. What is your area of expertise? My day-to-day -day job, what I uh, I do is just that, drinking water and wastewater treatment. And so I start sometimes at the very beginning, um, concept design um, and kind of identifying, you know, how can we solve the water challenges for a community? So I... Uh, mostly work with municipalities and cities. And so I work a lot um, with public works departments and helping them solve their drinking water and wastewater challenges. And so um, I do everything from kind of the, the site assessment, um, concept design, all the way through detailed design and construction, implementation, operations, and startup. And so one of the beauties of what I do is, is I, I say this all the time, I've never had the same day twice in almost 20 years. Um, every project I do is custom. Every uh, solution we find is unique and different. And so it, it's been a pretty exciting career to be involved in all those different um, challenges and all those different stages of a project. And I've had a hand in, in all of them. So you kind of touched on something, you've never had the same day twice. And there really is no typical workday, but could you describe for STEM Nation kind of what you would do from a day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week basis? Uh, again, it, I really haven't had the same day twice, and so I'll kind of give a, a variety of an answer here. I I not only spend some of my time in the office, um, I do a lot of collaboration and working with other engineers, um, and that's all different disciplines of engineers. So I communicate with structural engineers, architects, electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, process engineers almost every day. Um, sometimes I am called to the field, and so I will go to job sites um, that are maybe under construction, and I do some um, inspection work where I kind of, you know, see how things are being built and making sure they're adhering to our concepts and our designs. Um, other days I'm communicating um, with clients, and so I spend a fair amount of my day on the telephone um, talking with clients and, and almost brainstorming and trying to figure out solutions um, to their needs. And so my work has taken me 
all over the United States. Um, it could be all over the world if I elected to do that. But um, I spend, you know, a fair amount of my time traveling and going to new places and um, wherever, you know, our water needs are, that's where it takes me. Yes, Demnation, Carrie hit on something there. She was talking about interfacing with structural engineers and electrical engineers and mechanical engineers. These, these disciplines end up being very interdisciplinary, meaning that you need to have some knowledge of pretty much every engineering discipline. So when you're in college and you're taking a class and you're, and you're thinking, you know, this doesn't really apply to my major. I'm a chemical engineer. Why do I need to know about electronics? It's because you're going to be interfacing with those engineers on a day-to-day basis in your career. So, you know, learn as much as you can and uh, enjoy it. And um, you're going to utilize that out in the real world. And Carrie, what is one thing that really has you fired up in the environmental area or chemical area or any area? Sure. Um, I, I will tell you water is one of the, uh, one of the more exciting fields, um, at least in my opinion, um, in the engineering work world. And, you know, water is one of those, uh, things as a natural resource, we all need it. Uh, we all use it every day. And yet, we think very little about what it takes to get clean water, you know, to your house or, you know, your community. And so something that really just, you know, gets me fired up is we're seeing a lot of new technologies and new ways um, to, you know, provide cleaner water. And I love being on the forefront of some of these new technologies and, and applying them and, you know, and creating new treatment plants for, for our communities and, in you know, the United States. And another um, aspect that really has me fired up is water reclamation and water reuse. Um, just seeing some recent news about, you know, Cape Town um, over in South Africa where they're running out of water. Um, you know, we, we always hope that something like that will never happen to us, yet it's, it's happening in our world. And so finding better solutions and solving those challenges uh, for water reclamation and water reuse. Um, I love being involved with that and I love helping communities solve their problems. The water use and water runout, you know, the way I understand it, I don't know if this is correct or not, but the aquifers that are running under the ground throughout the United States, my understanding is that water level is dropping. Is that true? That is true, well, at least for parts of our world here. Um, something I teach when I do a lot of um, outreach for K-12 through students, and, and you're welcome to visit um, the Burns & McDonald website at, at burnsmcd.com. We have a lot of resources related to this, but one thing that I, I love to teach um, to everyone is we have one supply of water on this planet, and so it really is this precious resource. And so changing the ways we use water for not just human consumption in day-to-day life, but also for agriculture and industry, um, we're seeing some some shifts in the way we do things to to stop depleting these aquifers. And there are new technologies and new processes um, available um, in the engineering world, such as in Wichita, Kansas, they actually have an aquifer recharge um, where they uh, put treated water back into the ground to help keep those aquifers um, from depleting any greater than they are now. Interesting. I didn't know that that was even possible, but I guess so. You can pump water anywhere you want. So, Carrie, we're going to go back in time to an aha moment you've had, something that might help our STEM nation. Could you take us to a moment in time of an incredible aha moment you've had at work or your personal life and tell us a story and how you turn that aha moment into success? Sure. I, uh, you know, one of the uh, stories that came to mind um 
related to my big aha moment. Um, I resided in Albuquerque, New Mexico for about 15 years of my career. Um, One of my areas of expertise was arsenic removal from groundwater. Um, I was actually a um, designer, um, planner, um, resident representative. So I got to be on a job site and um, build a brand new water treatment plant um, to remove arsenic from the groundwater. Um, This particular plant was the first of its kind in New Mexico. It was a coagulation microfiltration facility. And so what that means is the arsenic in the groundwater, we use a chemical to bind the arsenic and then filter it out of the supply. And so the resultant um, water is clean drinking water, potable water. And so it's a pretty exciting opportunity for me. I was pretty young in my career to not just be the designer, but be on site every day while it was constructed. And really where the aha moment was for me, um, after we had the ribbon cutting and the startup of the facility, my home was actually not even a mile away from this facility. And, and you know, turning on the tap and drinking um, the water that, you know, I was in charge of and I helped design and I helped treat and clean, you know, that water came right to my house. Um, that was that was my aha moment. I thought that was, um, you know, kind of got to see the, the, we say from, you know, almost cradle to grave. I got to see um, the entire project and, and it was pretty fulfilling for me. So I, uh, I consider that my aha moment and really seeing what I can do come to life. That sounds like great experience right out of college, it sounds like. Did the chemical engineering degree really help with that? Would you have been able to do that with a civil engineering slash environmental focus? I think the uh, the challenging part uh, for a civil engineer really would have been the chemistry side of the uh, coagulation process itself. I uh, I was actually doing um you know chemical equations and redox reactions um, during the design phase um, to figure out the right levels of chemicals to um, add to the water. And so, sure, a civil engineering degree would have been um, just as helpful. A lot of the process required um, you know fluid dynamics and some site civil work as well. And so um, I, I think, you know, it, it really took a, a handful of engineers to bring that project to fruition. And again, I'll say, you know, every day I worked with the different discipline engineers and, and learned more about electrical instrumentation, controls, um, HVAC and plumbing. And, and I couldn't have done that um, and been able to, um, you know, bring that project to success without a better understanding of those. And so I'll say my answer to your question, Jeff, is it really it took all of us to make that project a success. Absolutely. It takes everybody. You're not going to do it alone. That's for sure. And Carrie, we're going to go on to something that is front and center on STEM Nation, heading off to college, because these degrees are not easy, especially chemical engineering. It's one of the most difficult ones, in my opinion. Could you take us back to when you were 18, heading off to college, some things that you wish you knew back then or even knew back then that would help our STEMers launch into college successfully? Sure. I would say one of the first ones um, is to study, study, study and read those textbooks. Um, I was pretty fortunate in high school where I was uh, one of the uh, smarter kids in class and and I I didn't do a lot of uh, my uh, textbook reading and I still ended up with pretty good grades. Um, That was a bit of a shock to me when I got to college um, that I needed to read my textbooks because the professor standing at the front of the class was certainly not going to cover all the material in the chapter. And so I 
uh, I started to fall behind by uh, not reading my textbooks, but quickly realized I needed to pick that up and uh, and read those textbooks and better understand everything. The second thing I would say is, um, you know, practice a little bit of writing. Um, we don't talk much in engineering, um, at least at the collegiate level of, you know, communicating your message and communicating your designs and your intent. And part of my day-to-day job is writing reports and technical memos and conveying my ideas and my message um, on paper. And so I'd encourage students to... um, you know, take a writing class. If a technical writing class is available, sign up for it. It will certainly help you um, in your in your future career. So, Carrie, you're a manager at Burns and Mac, and I assume that you might be involved with the hiring process. Could you give some tips to folks leaving college, heading off into their careers, that would help them be successful? Absolutely. You know, something I look for um, as a hiring manager when bringing uh, new graduate engineers on board is is I I not only look at their grades and how well they performed, um, you know, in their school careers, but I also look to see, you know, what are they doing outside of their college careers? Um, Are you involved in organizations, better yet, leading those organizations? Um, What new initiatives, new ideas have you brought to um, the university or, say, your sorority? or fraternity. Um, I also look to see, you know, what are you doing in your community? Um, are you involved in, in you know, public projects or public betterment projects and, and, you know, type of community service type projects? And I look for some of those things because, yes, while classical engineering, uh, you know, we have to get the work done from day to day, a lot of what we also do is in our community. Um, I send a lot of folks to public meetings and different presentations. Um, technical organizations. And so we, we have to be able to communicate what we're doing. And I'll tell you, that's so much easier to do when you've had a little bit of experience doing it at the collegiate level. And so during the uh, the college years, don't hesitate to sign up, um, be involved in other organizations, and, and kind of stretch yourself beyond the School of Engineering or wherever you find yourself and get some of those other, I'll say, real-world type experiences. Thanks, Carrie, for that great advice for STEM Nation. And we're going to take a quick pause and thank our sponsor, Audible, who's offering a free audiobook. You can head over to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get a free audiobook of your choosing. If you decide to cancel within 30 days, there's no cost and you keep the audiobook. And Carrie, are you ready for the lightning round? I am. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Never say no. Um, especially early in your career, uh, somebody advised me to take every assignment that came my way, no matter what that assignment was. And so I have shoveled piles of dirt. I have cleaned up um, sticky electric coating paint that was inadvertently spilled. I have uh, done many different tasks that other people were not willing to raise their hand and do. And I uh, like to say that by doing all of those tasks, I've just put more tools in my toolbox. And what is a personal habit that contributes to your success? I am one of those rare individuals. I do not watch TV. And so uh, the only things that I do watch on TV are sort of the current events um, that occur, um, you know, periodically on the news. But other than that, I I use my time to um, better my knowledge or be with my family. And what's your favorite Internet resource or phone app and why? 
I love weather.com's app. Um, I am just fascinated with the changes in weather. Um, something I love to do, I do this about once a week or so, is I try to figure out where the um, coldest temperatures are and the hottest temperatures are on any given day. And if you had to pick one book to recommend, which would it be and why? I recommend The Hobbit by Tolkien. Uh, just a wonderful adventure Um you know, fascinating adventure, and it really talks about teamwork and uh, working together toward a common goal. And Carrie, as we wrap up here, could you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation, and then we will say goodbye. I encourage um, all the folks listening today to, you know, follow your dreams. Um, a piece of advice that my father gave me early in my career was you um, will end up working 60% of your life. And so enjoy what you do. Follow those dreams and um, be the engineer that you can be. All right, Carrie. And with that, we will say goodbye. Right. Thank you, Jeff. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today with Carrie. Head on over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And again, if you are getting value from this podcast, please share it with a friend. Tune in next week where we talk with Dana, who is a sales engineer. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.